This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And this week we're talking about quince or quinces. Yeah. Qu- uh, quince. Quince. The plural is also quince. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't either. I guess um, I guess it is. I usually say quince as though quince is the plural. Like I wouldn't say. And today we're talking about apple. That, that's true, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I mean, if we were if we were like reporting, if we if we like became a tech podcast and we were reporting on like the new yeah. iPad. What does it do that the old iPad couldn't do? Oh yeah, there is a new iPad, isn't there? It yes, it's very exciting. I don't know anything about it. Cool. Okay. Well, anyway, today we're talking about quince, quinces. Yeah, speaking of things I don't know anything about, let me start with one question for you. What the fuck is a quince? I Uh, literally have no idea. And you you suggested, I'm serious. You suggested this topic. I'm like, okay, I know that's a food. You're going to do the research. Uh, I'm just going to let you teach me what what this is. (laughs) Oh my God, I love that you waited to tell me this until we were actually recording. I'm so glad because I'm like, either Molly is going to love or hate this bit. Oh Um, my God, wait a minute. You've never eaten quince? I think. I think I've eaten quince paste on a cheese plate, and I know about, I learned about the existence of quince from the movie White Men Can't Jump. This is now memory lane. There was a period in my life when I watched the movie White Men Can't Jump like 17 times because it was always on basic cable. I thought it was a very funny movie. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I think it's a good movie. And there's a part in the movie where Rosie Perez is studying to get on Jeopardy. You know, when I was watching this, uh, you know, yeah. I had no idea that someday that would be me, that I would be Rosie Perez. And <laughs> in the course of, you know, she's studying with Woody Harrelson and he's quizzing her, just like when we went to Oklahoma and you and mm-hmm. Abby were quizzing me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the, the facts she learns is uh, that a quince is a fruit that might have been the fruit in the Garden of Eden. And then when she's on on Jeopardy, that comes up and she gets it right and she wins. Wow. Okay. This is how you learned about Quince. This is how I learned about Quince. And that is now 
everything I know about quince. Oh, interesting. I, I, that's not true. I've seen a quince. I think it sort of looks like a pear, but you don't eat it like a pear, maybe. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> thank goodness I'm here. I'm, I say that every week. So, okay. Time for my memory lane. Okay. I think I learned about quince in the form of quince paste, which is the only form you say you've eaten it in. Is that right? Yes. And I couldn't tell you like what it tastes like based on that. This might have happened once back when I was back when I would go to a, the kind of restaurant that would have a cheese plate. Okay. Well, so when I was in college, I used to work during the summers at a Whole Foods market in uh, Mill Valley, California. Shout out to the Mill Valley Whole Foods. Shout out to um, the Mill Valley Film Festival. So the the first year that, that I worked there, the guy who was essentially my boss, so I was working at the cheese counter, and the guy who was essentially my boss had spent many years living in Spain. So he taught me a lot about Spanish cheeses. And gosh, I mean, I remember that guy very well, actually. I, I think that um, working in the cheese section at Whole Foods was really... Formative? It was really formative. Like, I loved really, that job. It was job. really formed-on-bear-ative. Yeah, nice job. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like formed-on-bear a lot. Oh, yeah, I think we had it on a, on a cheese plate, on the oh, cheese plate episode. It was really great. Really nice, yeah. creamy blue cheese. All right, so uh, I think this guy's name was Clark. He was a really good manager, and he taught me about this thing called membrio or quince paste, uh, sometimes referred to, I think, as quince cheese, but yeah, that kind of grosses I me out. saw that on the agenda. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, I wonder if that's a, a Britishism. Could be. British listeners. Let quince, us know. Quince cheese. Is this a thing you say a lot? Anyway, so Clark, I remember, taught me about pairing membrio or quince paste with manchego cheese. I mean, that sounds good because Manchego cheese is good. Yeah. So, yeah, the salty sheep's milk cheese with this sort of tangy, but not not too tangy, sort of jammy. So the thing about quince, what I think what I think of when I think of quince is first and foremost, the fragrance of it. It has such an incredible fragrance. And we're talking oh, just this is the your fruit opportunity itself. To put a, an aroma into words since I have no idea what a quince smells wow. like. Wow. It is a, a deeply perfuming Upsetting. <laughs> fruit smell. Like, okay, you know how when you cook apples, like the mm-hmm. smell is just, like if you're cooking applesauce or an apple pie or something, the smell fills your house and it is this deeply like evocative it's more than just a fruity smell. There's like a perfume to it. Yeah, I do know what you mean. I have actually had an apple. Matthew, you are driving me nuts. And we're only like five minutes into this show. <laughs> Wait, can I ask a question? Yes. Just to push my luck. Um, did you ever see Clark and Superman in the same place? <laughs> no, I didn't uh-huh. actually. <laughs> uh, I think we just solved that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay. You know what? Let's just get on with this. Let's just try so, and get on with this. Okay. So um, I think that that was how I first learned about Quince. And then I remember when my first book came out, my editor, I think I was like on, I was on book tour in New York. I think this was when this happened. My editor took me out to dinner. She took me out to a fancy dinner. Uh, we went to Blue Hill. Oh, nice. This was, you know, this was like a decade ago at least. And I remember for dessert, she ordered something that that involved like this perfectly cubed quince. Anyway, I I was so intimidated by her. She was a quite intimidating, sort of a patrician figure. 
So I think of quince as this sophisticated food, which oh, is why you've sure. never had it, Matthew. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, this makes sense now. Yeah. Okay. But let's let's get on with it. Let's get on to like what this is. And and while I'm talking about what it is, I'm going to keep thinking in the back of my mind about how to describe the fragrance more accurately. Okay. All right. So quince is related to apples and pears. It's in the family rosaceae. Did I say that right? Rosaceae. Rosaceae. Really? Yep. Oh, that's not as fun as what I said. I know. I mean, but rosacea is a is a like skin and that's rash, true. Right? In in fact, I was diagnosed with rosacea once, but like I never treated it, and now I don't have rosacea. So it so it resolved on its own. Yeah. Okay, but now but now you have a, a, a fruit in the rose family. That's a big family. It is a really big family because, yeah, rose plants are in it as well, right? Like the actual flowering rose. Yes. Right? And pears, apples. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say peaches and plums also. Really? The, but they have pits. Um, yeah, it, it includes many ap- edible fruits such as apples, pears, quinces, apricots, plums, cherries, peaches, raspberries, loquats, strawberries, and almonds. Oh, this is really big family. Wow, that's cool. Okay, well, quince is the only member of its genus uh, within this family, which is Cydonia. Do you know the song? I'm going to interrupt with a very important thing again. Do you know the song Knights of Cydonia by Muse? No. Is this real? <laughs> this is real. And I've, it's a catchy song. And I don't know what Cydonia means. I thought it was just like a like a cool sounding word they made up. But maybe it's quince related. I think they're really into quince. I think so. Okay. Well, anyways, not enough quince rock. There is not enough. Is there much apple rock, though? Oh, I'm going to be... Well, I mean, there was Apple Records, the Beatles label. Oh, that's true. So, yes. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try okay. and think of a song with apples in it before the end of the show. Well, there's Fiona Apple. There's Fiona Apple. That's Apple Rock. That's true. Okay. Anyway, um, so quince is a deciduous tree, and it bears a poem fruit. There's uh, Chris Martin of Coldplay's Daughter okay. Apple. <laughs> so a poem is a fruit. Uh, I, I picture, I always think of an apple when I think of a poem. Well, for one thing, poem in French is apple. Oh, sure. But anyway, uh, it's like got these seeds that have like a special type of, it's like carp, carpace, Carapace? No. <laughs> like a like a lobster has? <laughs> yeah. Apples and quinces have a carapace. Yeah. Little known fact, uh, lobsters <laughs> also in the rosacea family. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so this fruit is green and it's covered with this fine, like downy hair, like this whitish hair when it's immature. Oh, so, so it's like a it's like an a pear that thinks it's a peach. It kind of, kind of, but I, the hair is even more noticeable somehow than peach fuzz. Like oh, if you're walking down like the street, that. so we have, we have. <laughs> you will notice that there are quinces in Seattle. If you if you walk around and you look at fruiting trees and you see one that looks really? like, yes, wow, no, I didn't know this at all. Yes, absolutely, you will notice it. But it's it looks like an it looks sort of like an apple, sort of like a pear, but it is covered in like. A, white fuzz. I can't believe I never noticed this. It sounds yeah. striking and disturbing. Most of the fuzz rubs off before maturity. Uh, oh, as the, I've as, been there. As the fruit <laughs> changes to a bright golden yellow color. Um, and kind of like apples, well, and very much like apples, the seeds are toxic if they're eaten in large quantities. And, you know, the reason that I actually often notice quince trees in Seattle is that they're, they're frequently grown for their pink blossoms, which are this kind of beautiful, like salmon pink often. 
Okay. Now I'm going to look up what a quince tree looks like and try and spot one in my neighborhood. Yeah. So the modern name, this is an old fruit, all right? (laughs) Okay. The the modern name originated in the 1300s as the plural of coin, which came from old French, which came from Latin, which came from Greek. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That sounds... That sounds like what a linguist would say if they didn't know the answer to something. Well, <laughs> like, Matthew, don't yeah. don't put such a fine point on it. Yeah. It's from the 14th century. It came from the Latin, from the old German, from the Greek, from the Indo-European. From you know. The plant is native to Western Asia. So, you know, like Azerbaijan, Turkey, northern Iran, etc. And in okay. fact, actually, Turkey is, is the world's uh, largest producer of quince. China's right up there, too. Okay. But anyway, uh, it's been grown like as far back as 2000 B.C., in this region, in like Mesopotamia, we're gonna get to like how you eat these at some yeah, point. Yeah, we're gonna right? get there. Okay, we're that's gonna fine. get there. No rush. But but anyway, what I find interesting about it is that it's interesting to me that at least in I think in like mainstream American cooking, the the quince is pretty rare. Like it's kind of a like a rarefied thing you buy at the farmers market. Yeah, I think right? it's like on par with gooseberries. Yes, but like it thrives in tons of climates. Like it can be grown like all the way from like As- Afghanistan into like colder regions like Scotland, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of weird to me that it hasn't taken off more. You know what I think that this is analogous to maybe in my own diet and cooking? It's not it's not a perfect analogy by any means because uh, like Mexican cuisine has ha- had a much greater effect on American cuisine than than like Spanish and, and Western Asia has. But tomatillos, I buy tomatillos yes. all the time. I cook with tomatillos all the time. It's one of my favorite things, and I think probably many of our listeners have uh, never bought a tomatillo, have maybe never consciously eaten a tomatillo, but or like didn't know that that's what's in a green salsa, and would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? I wonder if the issue is that both of these fruits, the tomatillo and the quince, pretty much need to be cooked before you can consume True. Whereas, you can make a raw tomatillo salsa, but it's not as good as a roasted tomatillo salsa, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. No, I I mean, I think of it as something that that you want to cook. And so I wonder if, you know, by and large, we think of fruit as this thing that you eat raw out of hand. Yeah. So I don't know. But I mean, quince certainly, I think, is, is like prized by dessert, you know, pastry chefs, etc. It is so fragrant and so special okay let's get down to it matthew <laughs> let's, do, let's let's do okay so the season for these things is short it, it's fall okay and apparently in warm climates these things get soft enough to like be edible right off the tree but not around here not in any place i've ever seen them so you generally buy them uh if you see them um, at, at the farmer's market, or maybe you have a really great grocery store that has some quince, you will probably notice a range <laughs> I'm gonna of... I'm going to ask wife of the show, Lori, to add a quince to our next QFC grocery <laughs> order and see how that goes. Do it. Um, you'll notice that they range in color from green to more like bright yellow. The brightest yellow is going to be um, the, the most ripe. You'll also notice they're crazy fragrant. Like, I have been out of the habit of going to the farmer's market for like years and instead have been doing CSA and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
But I remember times when like I've just bought one or two quinces at the farmer's market just to put it like in the middle of the kitchen table and like smell it. Oh. They're so, that fragrant. Like a still life, but not yes. painted. And in fact, it looks like it should be in a still life. Yeah, because I know what you mean. It's, so it's, it's kind of the shape of a pear, but like kind of more plump than that, the way an apple is. And mm-hmm. the, the bottom of it, the, the blossom end, right, usually has a kind of like bumps to it. Do you know what okay. I mean? Like that kind of like kind of it looks like it should stand on those bumps. Would you say it's shaped more like a Comey's pear than a Bartlett pear? Yes, I would. Okay. I absolutely would. Um, so proud of myself right now. Way to go. Anyway, the smell is like I can't even say enough. They smell so good. But here's the deal. When you're done sniffing it, you want to peel it. You want to, you know, peel it. Um, and th- <laughs> Once you're done sniffing it. I like that. <laughs> and then you want to cook it. All okay. right. So what I have done is mostly like either poach them. There are a lot of recipes out there for poached quince. That makes sense. I or think. you can like kind of uh, bake them again with some liquid. They are so incredibly dense. Like when you cut into it, it's like... The flesh looks like an apple, but getting a knife through it is much more, you'll find much more resistance than an apple. They're hard and dense. Can we go back to something real quick? You said, you mentioned that the season is short, but I don't know if I caught what the season is. Oh, it's fall. Fall. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so we're coming into quince season now. I mean, it might be like late summer. I'm, I'm actually not sure. You know, it's kind of like, I think of apples... You know, truly, a lot, most apples are harvested far before we eat them, right? Right. But quince, I, I don't think, is a storage fruit like like apple. Okay. I might go will down you, to the farmer's market on Sunday and see if I can, like, follow my nose to the quince section. Will you just look up really quick quince, you know, season for quince or... Season season for quince. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, from... It's my uh, new, new book. Ho- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, like, look it up, in, like, on the Seattle Farmer's Market website. I'm sorry, you did not mention that the, that the scientific name is Cydonia oblonga. Oh, I, I, I think I didn't care. <laughs> I, I, that that upsets me because like I, we count on you to care about funny scientific yeah, names. Yeah, whatever. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it. No charge. <laughs> uh-huh. So like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet. Totally you, allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you yep. can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier <laughs> when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm-hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see nobody, that. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Seek them out at your locals, locals farmer market from around the end of October when the quince season begins. Yes, here we go, guys. So this episode is airing on October 15th. This so. may be our timeliest episode ever. Normally we'd be like, okay, it's uh, December 28th and you missed quince season, but here we are. Well, like I, yeah, I think of going to the farmer's market and it's kind of cold outside and coming back with some mm-hmm. quince that makes my house smell like I've been like, baking something delicious but you don't even have to bake anything to smell maybe you're it. wearing a couple of sweaters yes probably wearing a couple sweaters that's what's making me smell so nice <laughs> anyway okay no but what i was going to say is so here's something that's really cool about quince is that when you cook it with sugar the flesh of the fruit turns reddish like a kind of a rosy kind of blush color oh so it's very very pretty the, the flesh is white when you cut into it but as it cooks with sugar kind of like how apple turns sort of an amber color or kind of a, a yeah amber is the color of their energy what's that from it's it's a 311 song i think okay anyway matthew <laughs> but here's uh, here's another interesting thing so they're really high in pectin so a lot of people use them for jams and jellies and marmalades okay and the term marmalade originally referred to quince jam because it, it derives from the word m- marmelo or marmelo, the Portuguese word for quince. Oh, so it's like marmelo in Portuguese and membrio in, in Spanish. It seems that way. Yeah. It's funny, not although not very funny, that the word <laughs> quince is is like a cognate, a false cognate of a Spanish word, but that the Spanish word for quince is completely different. Because like what? quince is uh, is fifteen in Spanish. Oh yeah, spelled that exactly is... that way. Huh. Interesting. Yep. So but this again, is the not very fruit. interesting. Nope. Not very. It's the fifteenth fruit. If we were quince smugglers and we needed to refer to like the quinces that we were the our quince contraband, we would just like write fifteen and know what know what we meant. Yes. 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 God, I want to be a spy. Well, do you? Didn't you do this as like a kid or a middle schooler or something? <laughs> yes, as like, a kid, I was up... a spy. I teamed up with Dabney Coleman. No, I I used to pretend I was Harriet the spy. I've talked about this on the show. The way that we would spy on the neighbor lady. Oh yeah, you should not do that. No, but, you shouldn't. But do I it. totally get it. Um, um, I was really into codes. I like books about codes, and I would like make ciphers and stuff. I have done that a little bit with June. I don't mm-hmm. think I did it when I was a kid. When I was a kid, instead, a friend and I had an elaborate like code language, <sighs> like for referring to certain people, like boys that we had crushes on, or we had like specific names for our parents that were in code. Oh, I and love we would, this. We would write entire stories, like funny stories. Like, do you pop, remember like, any of the code words? I remember uh, that we referred to my dad as overcoat because... (laughs) No, I don't think you even need to explain. It's perfect. (laughs) Let's see. God, we had different code names for... Overcoat is on the move. Quick. We had different code names for every boy we liked. And I... 
I'm struggling. There were so many of them. Like, of course. I mean, just uh, like the crushes in middle school just proliferated exponentially. Oh, yeah. No, no. I totally remember like in middle school, I liked every girl, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I liked all the boys. And oh, I do remember one. So I think I've talked before on this podcast about how I had a crush on a guy named Chris Stakem. Oh, yes. You've definitely mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. He was a year above me. I, I specifically had a crush on him in sixth grade. This was 30 years ago. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. So he was in seventh grade. And I remember we've, we referred to him as well done. Get because, it? Because steak. Um, yeah. yeah. Get it? Well done. I like um, well, well done, Molly. Well thank done. Thank you. Thanks. No, we had other ones because like, so my friend Jen, who I used to do this with, yeah, she she went to a different school and she had all these crushes at her school, but I knew the names of them because I had seen them all in the yearbook. Sure. God, I can't remember. Did you ever have walkie talkies as a kid? No. I, I had like some shitty like toy store walkie talkies that never worked well, but I wanted the kind where like your friend could be across the street at their own house and walkie talking you. Yeah, we have some walkie talkies like that for June. And, oh, well, they look like shitty toy store walkie talkies, but she can actually get like a quarter mile oh, away. I imagine and, like the, the transmitter receive the transceiver technology must have must have improved enormously since the 80s. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. So no, but I, I didn't. That didn't occur to me till just now that like toy store walkie talkies are probably pretty damn good at this point. Yeah. When she was maybe six, we started letting her walk to my mom's house alone, mm-hmm. which is like a block away. And and then I think sometime in the last year, we let her try out walking to. There's a like a entrance down to a like a beach in mm-hmm. our like maybe like a quarter mile from our house. And we have let her walk down to the beach with the walkie-talkie. And she has been able to talk to us from the gate down to the beach. That is so cool. Pretty cool, right? I mean, it is pretty awesome to be eight years old Do you use walkie-talkie lingo, like over and 10-4 and Roger and stuff? We're not there yet because she still struggles to be able to to like remember that she has to hold the button down while she's talking. That was so hard as a a young kid. Oh, my God. The coordination there was almost impossible i remember i couldn't do this and i remember (laughs) iris couldn't do it (laughs) yeah no pretty much talking to june on the walkie-talkie is like (laughs) it's like that oh wow she's then she's she's just practicing for later when she can say uh sorry you're breaking up like (laughs) i'm going into the tunnel sorry talk to you later i'm gonna go do terrible things Yeah, just like that. Uh, Anyway, okay, but hold on. Matthew, so you've never cooked with quince? Nope. Okay. All right, well, you can also... Okay, so hold on. I'm not done, Matthew. No, no, no. Poached quince is seriously delicious. It takes longer to cook than you can possibly imagine. Okay, so I'm going to guess, based on that, three days. (laughs) No, not nothing like that. Two hours. I can't remember. I think that uh, David Leibovitz has a recipe for poached mm-hmm. quince. Do you want to look it up? See how okay. long how long it cooks? As I recall, it's one of those kind of recipes where he has you cut a piece of parchment to fit inside the saucepan and like cover the surface of the, the liquid. The oh, poaching yeah. Liquid. Why do people have you do that? 
minimize evaporation? Yeah, why not it's just to, put it's a to lid minimize on it? evaporation. Like, I don't really know what the difference between that and a lid. That this is something that is also often called for in Japanese recipes. It's a substitute for a drop lid. That's like a wooden lid that would go directly on the surface of the food. Hmm, but I, okay. yeah, I don't know. This is a job for a food scientist. Oh, that's not what we are. I've got David Leibovitz's uh, rosy poached quince. There Please we go. I've made that for the cooking time. Oh wow! There's a picture of a quince. It does look like a chubby pear. Yeah, aren't they so cute? Yeah, simmer the quince for at least an hour. Yeah, yeah. It, so, it's, I mean, three days is at least an hour. Yeah, the three days was a great guess. So, yeah, I've made that recipe. We can link to it. David Leibovitz's rosy poached quince. I think I've also made a tart tatin that used quince. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I don't think I've made a tart tatin ever, but I've eaten it. Um, making an apple tart tatin is quite easy um, if you're if you're comfortable making a caramel. Oh, um, I am. It's a caramel that's that's got butter in it, so it's also more forgiving than just like a like a sugar caramel or a sugar and water caramel. We, I think we did a caramel episode. I am comfortable doing just a pure sugar caramel. It's wow. like it's one of the, one of the few like difficult kitchen things that that I feel like I can handle. You are awesome. Well, I think that you should try a uh, tart tatin because it is way simpler than that and I make mine. I sound like I do this all the time, but I've probably made a tart tatin like a dozen times. Okay. And I've used store-bought puff pastry for it and I really oh, like sure. that. I like Why that. Why do you lot. bring one over when you come to pick up your paycheck on the 1st? <laughs> probably not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um are you going to talk about some of this Quince cultural trivia? I am. Okay, I good. am. So, all right. Uh, so the book of Genesis does not name the specific type of fruit that Adam and Eve ate from the uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. But, but it's some, probably a tomatillo. It's probably a tomatillo. Some ancient texts suggest that it might have been a quince. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, that would, like, it, I mean, if it's as fragrant as you claim, then it might it, it would like draw them from far away, and it would be hard to ignore. It would also be really hard to bite into, though. I mean, yeah. unless it was maybe it was very warm in the Garden of Eden. Probably was. They were naked, so yeah. it, it had to have been that, quite that warm. Definitely would have would have warmed things up. And maybe the the fruit, you know, became fully ripe and soft on the tree. And yeah, so, it did. Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, ancient Greek poets, for example, Aristophanes, used quinces as a mildly ribald term for teenage breasts. <laughs> okay. Those goofballs. <sighs> oh, so silly. Okay. Uh, and then, so Matthew, I think you're maybe more familiar with The Simpsons than me. Do you want to read this one? In The Simpsons episode, Who Shot Mr. Burns? Part one. I do kind of remember that episode. Uh, I know I've seen it. Homer sends Mr. Burns a box of chocolates with a family photo at the bottom. Burns and Smithers eschew the sour quince log, leaving Homer's face obscured in the photo. Harsh. Yes. Wow. I feel like there's got to be some sort of, um, I, I feel like there should be some sort of slang that's based on, on that. Oh, um, like you got quinced out. Yeah, you got quinced out or, or you got quince logged. Yep. Or like, I'm going to quince, I'm just going to quince over this issue. Yes, exactly. Oh, Just yeah. like that. There's so many quince-related expressions that have made their way into English. Like, where do we even begin? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wonder Calling where- it quince, for example. I wonder where the name Quincy came from. Oh, like like Quincy MD. Like Quincy Jones? Mhm. John Quincy Adams? Mhm. 
all MDs. Yep. There've got to be some other Quincy Quin- Jones, musical doctor. Yes. There've got to be some other Quincy's out there. Yeah, I think there probably are. I can't think of any others either. But yeah, is do you think it is related to, to the fruit? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. I this has been such a It's like if you look it up in like a, you know, what does my name mean? Like baby name dictionary, it'll just say like a very fragrant person. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> did you know that that Molly apparently like in Hebrew or something means bitter? Every time I hear like like a, you know, what does your name mean definition, it always sounds like bullshit to me. It does to me too. Like I I know I know like I know some of these have like do have like you know real real meanings in some language, but like the way it's always phrased, like with such conviction, like in a baby name book, just sounds like well, we had to come up with a meaning for all of these names, probably some of which really don't have meanings, and we're just gonna go for it. I wonder so, what Matthew means. So I was told that it means gift from God, but who knows? That is how I think of you. Yeah, and I think of you as uh, bitter. <laughs> great, <laughs> Molly means great. Really good <laughs> means really good co-host. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, let's... It's uh, it's from it's from the uh, the uh, Serbo-Croatian for um, Queen of Podcast. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'll take it. I will take it. Not gonna second guess this. Nope. I feel like if uh, we could we could make like a fake baby name dictionary and and sell it at like Urban Outfitters or or like the uh, Hudson News or something. Let's <laughs> like, do it. This really like... really like like uh, like lowest common denominator humor, so we wouldn't have to work too hard on it. Um, this sounds like a really fun way to to stay busy um, during winter twenty twenty. Sound yeah okay let's okay. let's get to work on this. All right, well we've got to let our agent know. We've got this oh, okay, that's super true. hot book coming down the pike. That's right. I forgot. I do. I do technically you, still have a literary agent. You do. You do. Yep. Yep. Great. I'll make use of that. Okay. All right. So uh, you can find us online at uh, spilledmilkpodcast.com. I, uh, I believe we're deleting our Facebook presence. We are. We are. So long, Facebook. You're the worst. Yep. Uh, our producer is Abby Circatella. Please uh, rate and review the show wherever you get it. Thank you so much to everyone who who uh, subscribed during our recent pledge drive. Um, it's going great. I think uh, I'm not sure as of now, but I, I'm pretty sure that uh, we're going to hit the point where Molly is going to have to teach me to drive. <laughs> and like, you I know, love, I love that. Like, if someone hasn't listened to the pledge drive episode and they just hear this out of context, they're going to be like, "Wow!" So Matthew's going to have to be able to drive to tape the show from now on. <laughs> That's right. For now on, I'm taping the show in. I mean, I don't have a car, so it'll be in your car. I can't, uh, yeah, I can't wait to teach you to drive in my car. Yeah, aren't you worried about what I might do to your car? I'm not. I mean, you you've driven before. You just yeah. haven't driven for like almost a decade. It's yeah, fine. I'm, prob- I'm probably okay. Yeah, and anyway, we need to find a really big parking lot. We do. I learned to drive in a church parking lot in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. You know, there's a pretty big parking lot in uh, by me, a church parking lot. Okay, let's do it. I think I learned to drive, like at least in part in, when, when would this have been? Maybe the Jewish Community Center parking lot in Southwest Portland. That definitely feels familiar. And that was mm. a big parking lot. Surely we can find a big parking lot between our two residences so you don't have to schlep all the way over to my house 
Well, I mean, yeah, who knows when we'll be able to do this anyway. Oh, that's right. We have to be in a car together. Shoot. God. Um, Okay, fine. All right. So uh, (sighs) thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The show that's so fragrant, you can smell us from the next room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait, wait. Is like... (laughs) Is the is the show playing in the next room and you can't hear us necessarily, but you can smell us? <laughs> yes. I, okay. I'll buy it's, that. We're like we're like Quince. I mean, you can't hear Quince in the next room, but you might be able to smell it. All right, I'm Quincy. I'm I'm Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> yo, 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 yo. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.